Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit that follow button on those socials, WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, and the Wesson Walker Show on Twitter. You can have fun finding our uh, personal pages on those, and Walker does not have an Instagram, so there's a little uh, hint for you. I think I'm going to get one soon, though. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be, it's big time. What has sparked this? Well, my girlfriend has been telling me, hey, you need an Instagram. Even if you don't love pictures, which I know it's really what it's focused on, but even if it, even if you don't upload a ton of pictures, it's just good to have because a lot of people are on it. Yeah. And I've always fought it, not because I didn't believe her. I just don't want another social media website on, on my plate. Sure. But I think I'm going to get one. Okay. I'm trying to be a man of the people here, so I'm trying to broaden my horizons. Or maybe you can double up and just knock out two birds with one stone and then just have a Wesson Walker uh, Instagram. You're saying me create the channel. We could just have a Wesson Walker Instagram, and then that could be your your fallback. Say, hey, listen, we got one for the page, and then you can just have the login info for it, and you just log into it when you want. All right, we'll talk with our social media manager and try to work out all the details. (laughs) We'll see how it all works. All right, so Brian Burns, though, we're going to see how it works out as far as his contract is concerned because that man wants a bag, and Mm -hmm. he has earned a bag, and we know at his position the bag is going to be big. So he's come out. Lots been made about his season coming up, and he spoke uh, at minicamp and talked about this issue at length and talked about how he wants to average more than 10 sacks a year, or he wants to get 10 sacks in the first 10 games. But about his contract, he said he doesn't have a timeline. He said he knows that he wants to be a Panther. That's all that he can tell you. He said he can't preach this anymore. Blessed to be in the position that he is in, and it's just like a dream come true for him to have these kind of talks. So what do you make about Brian Burns and how he's come out and said that he wants to be a Panther, and how do you think the Panthers are going to play this? Are they going to give him that big bag that he's looking for? Yeah, I think they are going to give him a big contract. I think Brian Burns knows it because all the reports about his trade value during the season, it was valued at about two first-round picks, even a second-round pick on top of it. It really is. It's it's a lot, okay? Like, if you're trading for Brian Burns and somebody offers you Three top-notch selections, it's so much to turn down. The only reason you would do it is if Brian Burns was for sure going to be in your long-term plans. And that's exactly what I expect them to make him, a long-term guy that is going to be if you know, one of the better Panthers of all time. I mean, if he's going to be here and he continues to average, which he's only done it once, but he is averaging 10 sacks per season right now, then yeah, it's going to put him on par with among the biggest producers in this franchise's history. He's going to be looking for, I think, something past the Bradley Chubb contract. And Joe Person wrote about this a little bit more so on The Athletic. You can go check that out. Bradley Chubb signed a five-year, $110 million extension. Okay, He's making about $22 million annually. $22 million annually. That puts him behind T.J. Watt, $28 million a year. Joey Bosa, $27 million. Miles Garrett, 25, Khalil Mack, Max Crosby, each at 23 and a half. And so if you are Brian Burns, 
you give a one-word answer when asked, do you want to be paid like one of the top edge rushers? Well, of course, he says yes, and he didn't elaborate. I would imagine that you're probably top five guy. Maybe you're talking 25 mil a year that puts you on pace with the Miles Garrett. You're not going to get Nick Bosa money, who's probably going to get $30 million a year. He's that good. Clearly one of the best edge rushers. Top two, top three. No lower than that. So I expect $25 million a year for Brian Burns. I expect Carolina get to give it to him, Wes. Yeah, and he also said that they've had conversations, and he said that he's enjoying the process and everything that comes with it. I could imagine that getting ready to get a monster deal in a professional sport has got to be a fun process because, you know, the agent has more than likely already come back to him with perhaps the first number that they're offering, and they know that they're not going to settle for that, and he's going to get more. How much would you enjoy just sitting around waiting for the ginormous bag to come through? Wes, I get excited when it's payday for me right now. Right. Me too. Can you imagine if – I after I signed my first contract at twenty five million a year, yeah, it's safe to say I'd be pretty excited about that money dropping in my bank account. I would stare at it. Yeah, have you heard about these athletes that will get their first paycheck? Ricky Henderson, I think, hung his first paycheck on the wall as you should, and didn't cash it. And then somebody's like, Ricky, cash the check. What are you doing? You don't have to put it on the wall. That money means nothing. Cash the check. And so eventually, I think he did. I think I have that story right. But yes. I would be excited. I would screenshot my bank account. It might not be the greatest of advice, but I certainly would do it. Shaq yeah. has the best story, though, whenever he went to go buy out the uh, all-black Mercedes, and then he got back home, and his dad was like, where's mine? And he went out and bought another one. Oh, Shaq money stories are crazy. Yeah. Those are so much fun. You can see those on YouTube shorts. Yeah. If you are, Wes, watching YouTube videos at <laughs> night, because I know you like to do it, and I you do. just get on a short scroll where it's just 15-second time lapse, and all of a sudden it's 40 minutes later and you've already gone through 500 videos. There are so many Shaq stories on podcast appearances where he'll buy kids toys that they want to because he just thought he was a cool kid at a Walmart one day. Yeah, the Shaq, the Shaq stories are great. He's that's, awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you can walk in the house and then just imagine your your father or mother being like, well, where's mine? And then just it's like going back to get groceries you forgot. You're like, all right, I'll go back and get your bins. I hope my kid is 7'1", 330 pounds, and one of the better athletes of all time, so I can have a kid like Shaq. Keep dreaming, man. <laughs> all right, so Brian Burns also said that he wants to set a goal of 10 sacks by week 10. I mean, what do you think of that? Is this attainable? I mean, I think it could be, but law of averages in a way that these NFL offensive coordinators can scheme you out of having the type of days you want to have. But I'll say, though, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. What do you think? No, I told you it was a strong take when I said Brian Burns could set the franchise record for sacks in a season this year because it's only at 15. And so 15, while I say only, it's an impressive number. But again, we've seen lots of teams post 18, 17, 16 types of sack numbers for that being the leader in the clubhouse as far as the season goes. I could see Brian Burns getting 15 and a half. I could see him getting close to 10 by week 10, which is the goal that he has. He also was a little reluctant to share that, at least after the fact. He said, yeah, I, I want to get 10 sacks by week 10. I don't usually put my goals out there in the public. I did find it interesting that he wants to hit that checkpoint. He didn't give us a, I want to set the franchise single season record. He didn't give us a, I want to reach 15. I, I want to reach 20. He didn't give us one of these Lamar Jackson goals where Lamar was like, I want to throw for 6,000 yards, right? It wasn't <laughs> anything crazy. This is a little bit more detailed. I want to get to double digits by week 10, and that will set you up 
for a real payday, especially if you don't get this thing taken care of before the season. I expect they do, but if you don't, then you're going to get a ton of money if you have the Hassan Reddick numbers right after he leaves and then on the one-year deal. Yeah, I really like this. I would love to see Brian Burns set up for a single-season record. Yeah, when you look at his first 10 games of last season, he went 6 out of 10 getting a sack or better. You have four games where he went sackless. So maybe if he can turn that around, that could also put him over that franchise sack mark. Because if you start the season 10 out of 10, maybe even more, because you know a couple of games in there, you're going to get more than one. So it just depends how everything balances well, out. Well, those are key, though, because you're going to have some games where you don't get one. So the multiple sack games are going to be key. Well, yeah, and I'm saying, too, if he – if he let's just say he did – we know when we talk about the math, it could average out to one over. But let's just say for giggles that he was getting one per game, literally, and yeah. then maybe he gets one over. He'd be on pace with one of those J.J. Watt crazy type of 20-and-a-half sack type of seasons. But he also talked about how – And we heard earlier in the show Frank Reich talking about how smart he is. And he said, and I quote, at times I can be very opinionated about certain things that we do. And they're very open. And they explain to me. They answer my questions very well. And I think we got a lot of smart guys, a lot of guys with a lot of experience on that, on that staff. And things will be good for us. Do you think with what he's done to this point that he's earned the type of cachet to be able to give suggestions and opinions to the coaching staff and have the Panthers created this situation by not trading him and pretty much blatantly showing him what he means to them? I don't think it's a problem. If if Brian Burns is so smart and also even if people wanted to talk about how he wouldn't get double-digit sacks per season, finally does it, and now there are still – a group of Panthers fans that don't think he's worth the amount of money that he's about to get, right? We keep moving the goalposts with him. You don't even have 10 sacks. He finally gets it. You don't even have 15, right? Like this is what we're (laughs) going to do. And so he's going to get a lot of money. And I have no problem with Brian Burns being involved in actually giving his opinions on what thinks works best for him. He probably knows a little bit about what's best for him. Mm -hmm. And look, Phil Snow, when he was the defensive coordinator here, I liked him as a DC, thought he did some good things. I did not like him dropping Brian Burns in coverage as much as he did. I don't expect that to happen with a Jero Averro. I don't think, even when we talked about it with Frank Reich in his comments, he said that, look, you have to have intelligence with some other some other things outside of just rushing the passer. But that's going to be his main job. That's what we're going to see a lot from him. So even if you just up his snap count pinning your ears back and going after the quarterback and you get rid of most of the dropping back and coverage snaps, even just the sheer volume is going to help him get to 10 by 10 or 15 at the end of this season. Yeah. I have no problem with this. You all. Yeah. There are already reports about how much you value him, right? He's your only edge rusher. It's not like this leverage was had a chance to be camouflaged. You have DJ Johnson, you have Marquise Haynes, you have YGM. We don't know how good any of those guys can be in a permanent role. You do know about Brian Burns, and there's still potential. This guy's only 25. Mm -hmm. I think that alone allows you to feel good about the second contract. Have no problem with it. Um, I think that when it comes to it, I think it depends on the type of opinions that he is giving. Now, we're not hearing any reports that he's just a guy that automatically scoffs at everything and is just trying to flex his muscle. But if he's coming with very thoughtful and intuitive things that can really help, then I think it's cool. But I do, I, I beg the question because of everything we've seen to this point and now seeing this quote from him 
hearing what Frank Reich has said, but just him being opinionated and having seems like a, a nice amount of input on things that they may do or may not do. And the Panthers showing him their value. I felt like eh, maybe does he think that because of this, that he can just kind of go around and, and do it and say what he feels like when he hasn't really, he, he's earned it to a degree. And so that's the thing that I was thinking about too. Does the production match up with the weight that he's carrying? Well, I bring up the age to bring up this point, too. He has been pretty productive, and he's also been on the field a lot. Sure. There have been a couple of nagging injuries for him, but he's also 11th on the NFL list for most sacks before the age of 25. Mm-hmm. He's ahead of a lot of really interesting names. J.J. Watt is one of them. Von Miller is one of them. Bruce Smith. Nick Bosa. Injured, right? We can account for injuries. But he's ahead of a lot of interesting... I mean, even Julius Peppers. You went down that list the other day. Yes. Before Julius Peppers turned 25, Julius had 30. Brian Burns had 38. I'm not telling you Brian Burns is better than Julius Peppers. He's not, okay? He's not. Julius Peppers, what he's done is incredible. But the guy, even without him getting home as much as we'd like, there are also advanced stats to show that he's a really big disruptor in the pass game. So I have no problem with valuing him that much. And I think what he's done right now, even at the young age of being 25 with the new regime coming in, I think there's enough NFL experience there to say, hey, what's your opinion? It doesn't mean Avera is going to take it. You know, maybe you work that thing out behind closed doors. But I have no problem with Brian Burns voicing his opinion. All right. Well, when we return on the Wesson Walker Show, more Panthers talk on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We've already talked about this before, but this was the first concert I ever attended. Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City Tour. I've only attended like three in my life. And we had that conversation. What's the best concert you ever attended? But when I attended that one, that one was a lot of fun. I was way high up in good old Halton Arena on Charlotte's campus. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to... No, no, no. I was, I was not high up in any other way. Okay. I, can, I can vouch for that. Um, might have been a little tipsy. Oh. But I was way high up in Halton Arena. And this was the album that really put Kendrick on the map. And so that was a very fun concert. Since then, I've attended, yes, Dave Matthews. Not the one that I was seeking, but fine enough to go out and experience. And I've also attended a Pusha T concert, which was my favorite. It sounds like you went begrudgingly. Not begrudgingly. I was okay with doing it. It's not one that I would ever spend much. Like, I'm not going to say to my buddies, hey, do you want to go to a Dave Matthews concert? None of my buddies would want to do that either. But I did go, and it was a good time. But not as fun as Pusha T. 
I bet. Pusha T at the Fillmore. Yeah, I love Pusha T. Jim Jones. They're not playing his music outside like Jimmy said. Except they are, though. (laughs) And he needs to realize it. Except that when you put him on a feature, that feature is absolute flames. We're going to act like Daytona. Wasn't a crazy album when he dropped that, please. 704-570-9610. I did want to get to a lot of everybody else's texts. We asked a lot of questions. A lot of you wrote in, okay? It was a smorgasbord of text. I'm trying to eat. I can't do it. I'm getting full, but I want to have one last push before the show. Vernon talking about the video game list from Shroppy. He said, no Halo trash list. But you said something during the break. You said people got to realize I'm 23 years old. Well, I'll, well, I'm 23, but I also I only had PlayStation growing up, so I didn't have a chance to play the Xbox exclusives, which Halo it still is. Well, I guess they're on PC now because it's Microsoft, but... Yeah, I uh, I was only PlayStation, so if anything was only for Xbox, I did not get around to playing those. The music in the background still kills me because I, I I've said this a couple of times. Oh, <laughs> two, two years ago it was uh it wasn't this last tournament, but it was two tournaments ago. Bill Raftery and Jim Nance were on the call, of course, and they had a new Halo game coming out, and they were advertising it. It was one of the drops before they start to call it, and so that was going on in the background. And Bill Raftery said, "I thought it was my time." for a second <laughs> Bill's like here you know lord open up the gates i'm coming home but i was dying at raftery saying that a national treasure is bill raftery 704 wrote in goldeneye nintendo 64 people love james bond nintendo 64 they games. do and they're fun the i was really young so i didn't know what i was doing on those video games but i did have to get the gun that could shoot through walls that's the one that i needed to get and that was where well, you had x-ray vision just to no. remind everybody, that's one that I would roll with. People anytime forget I too how fun uh, wrestling games are. Well, I never played them. They weren't fun to me. Of course. Yeah, of that course. that's one. I did not have the hockey effect where I played the video game and I was hooked. I didn't have that with like WWE or. Yeah, there were so many good ones. I remember the Nintendo 64 one where once you got to a certain point in the match, you could wiggle the middle of the joystick to do the special finishing move. That WWE was oh, that was a fire game. Bradley Blank said Mario Kart Nintendo 64. If I were to come up with my top 5, Mario Kart would be on there. I know you are a huge Mario Kart fan. Did you go see the Super Mario movie? No, I didn't. It's killing it, though. It's breaking a lot of records. I've been meaning to go see it, but now it's getting too jammed up, man. Got to go see Flash on Friday. I can't I go mean, see Thursday. it. I can't go see it because Mario doesn't have the Italian accent. Oh, is it is it Americanized? Yeah, is what you're I saying? Mean, well, it, it's Chris Pratt that voices him. Oh, okay. And he just does a normal voice, and it's like, well... Yeah, I'm not going to watch a video game movie probably like that, but yeah. I will play Mario Kart. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Going back to the best rap voices out there, number one troll has a good one. Gorilla Zoe. Distinct and I think he good. Did. Gorilla Zoe is a very good one. Uh Little Brother. Just the whole you know, had Fonte, I guess. Fonte is good. I guess. You don't like Little Brother? No. I heard that immediately in your like voice. I wonder one of the most overrated producers ever. Why? Every wow. beat sounds the same. <laughs> same drum, same everything, but people act like it's the greatest thing ever. I I can't do it. Okay. I didn't know that we had that kind of hate. Um, <laughs> hey, we talked about the ladies, though, during the break, man. MC Light, Queen Latifah. MC Light is, it, it doesn't, we don't need any kind of qualifier on it. MC Light has one of the best hip-hop voices ever. Yeah, when I When I heard, the first time I heard her, it was Cha-Cha's, that what it is? Cha-Cha-Cha, yep. yeah. <sighs> one of my favorite old school rap songs. I was like, what is this? Driving the old school band. All my competition ends up in the hospital. <laughs> Immediately was on it. That one, that might be a top five voice of all time. 
just outright. Um, scrolling, scrolling on the text line. There are so many texts rolling in. Best concerts people have attended. 252 said The Roots at House of Blues in Myrtle Beach was incredible. Okay. I imagine that would be a lot of fun. Our man NASCAR Brad, he said he's going to a Dirks Bentley concert this Saturday. Do you listen to country music at all, Shroppy? No. Okay, no Dirks wow. Bentley. Okay. Yeah, we don't have Fiddy here. I'm sorry, NASCAR Brad. You know we love you. We love you. Nobody's going to go to Dirks Bentley I am going to sample but it's okay. uh, the Lainey Wilson album just to see what she's got on there. Because I do like that song, Hot Like a Truck. And, that is the, and I'm not a country music fan by any means. Yeah. But I did say I'm going to sample her album just to see what it sounds like. I don't know who Lainey Wilson is. Is that bad? I really don't. I mean, she's I'll, really hot right now, but I can't blame me if you don't know. I'll take my clowning. I really just that's don't. Good. No, no, no. I don't think that's clown worthy. Okay, that's fine. Um, we can scroll <laughs> some more. We can scroll some more. Bradley Blanks said uh, Eric Church concerts. He'll play for like three hours. 336, widespread panic. People, the widespread uh, spread panic t-shirts. Uh, those are some good Funkadelic style uh, uh, logos there when people wear that logo on their T-shirts. Um, and then we can go back to some of those other text messages as I start to try to organize those a little bit better. I did want to get to some more Carolina Panthers audio. We went to some Adam Thielen audio. He talked about how good this rookie class is that the Carolina Panthers drafted. I also want to get to Frank Reich's comments on the wide receiver room specifically because he said he likes the pass catchers they have on this team. I like the room. Thielen's the leader. He's doing a great job. It's good to see DJ, you know, back out there. Chenault is a really a unique piece. You know, Terrace Marshall's, you know, look good. Mingo's, you know, I think Mingo's got a chance. You know, he's a rookie, so he's got, you know, ways to go. It's hard for rookie receivers to develop, but he's got the right mentality and attitude. And then really across the board, um, you know, we like to spread the ball around. Thielen, yeah, he's the leader. Chark is our, you know, big play guy. But um, I think the ball will get spread around. I think, you know, I think that's the way our offense has always been built. That's what we'll want to do this year. He mentioned Bingo, a couple of names in the wide receiver room. And Wes, even after we got off the air, you know who keeps putting up highlights? TMJ. Terrace Marshall. Your man. I think he is becoming that. It used to be, I, I feel like I was pretty objective on him. I had an unbiased opinion. Hey, that's cool. That's cool if you don't like him like that. But now I'm starting to be a little biased. Now it's starting to infiltrate my opinion. Well, the, it looks like he's doing a really good job. What do you make of his uh, production? Yeah, so I started to go to work just a little bit, man, mm. just for you. Like Because you like him. Yeah, I started to go to work just a little bit. And I actually use fantasy football to give me a gauge of God's uh, development. I it's went, a great stat filter. I didn't mean to cut you off, but fantasy football, like, it's it's one of the best stat filters you can go to. But yeah, go so I went to the fantasyfootballers.com, and this was – gauging wide receivers between the year of 2000 and 2020. And so when they talked about guys having wide receiver one caliber seasons or wide receiver two caliber seasons, between the ages of 21 to 24, they said the likelihood of a wide receiver producing elite numbers in this age range is low. And they were saying to remain patient with them, et cetera, et cetera. So we know that Terrence Marshall is still a really young wide receiver. But they said ages 25 to 28 are the most productive years of a wide receiver's career, likely reaching their peak value and, I guess, peak production. And they said that if a wide receiver produces four to five wide receiver one seasons by age 31, they have a higher chance of producing into their mid-30s. So I say all that to say we're looking at Terrence Marshall, young wide receiver, the, the buzz is already coming out about him in many camp that he's been performing really well. And so I decided to take a step back and say to myself, 
is this guy still on track to be what he's capable of being and what we thought he would be coming out of school because I thought he was going to be a really good pickup for them as well. He's coming into his third season at age 23. So there's still time for him to grow, have those growing pains because according to wide receiver development, he's not going to start to hit those peak years until 25 to 28, and we're seeing him start to flash. So maybe we should be a little bit more patient with TMJ. There you go. So you you're like starting that? to hop on the TMJ wagon, I didn't too. Say all that. That's what I heard. Wes loves <laughs> That's it. What I heard. That's what I heard, too. Save it. Save the clip. We'll go right back to it as we get closer to the start of the regular season. <laughs> no, but a lot of those reasons are the reasons for myself as to why I still have hope, and it's because it's not completely unfounded. I think that's the thing I keep going back to. It's not that we haven't seen him do anything on an NFL field. The second half of last year, when you started to go away from Baker Mayfield, play P.J. Walker more, play Sam Darnold more after he was ready to go, what did Marshall Jr. do? He started to perform better. And so this makes a lot of sense to me. Somebody gravitating and going with a positive trajectory, it makes sense that better quarterback play might allow him to play better. You talk about him being a deep threat. You discuss what he's doing in training camp. It's the highlight catches. I did have somebody, it was Jack. I think he said, stop, Walker, on the text line. Stop, before he ends up being just a summer camp MVP like Shai Smith was last year <laughs> and CJ Saunders before. I understand the text message. Jack, well noted, and it's a good one. But unlike CJ Saunders, unlike Shai Smith, we hadn't seen the on-field real game production from those guys before we tried hyping them up. Like Terrace Marshall, he's giving you something, at least a little something, and was one of the higher-graded players as far as a pass catcher goes for Carolina last year. If you subscribe to PFF, yeah, I'm feeling it. I do like the wide receiver room, and this goes to a big X factor that we've talked about, Wes. If he really does take a nice step up, I mean, could he pass an older Adam Thielen, an often injured DJ Chark? Can you get worthwhile production enough for him to maybe flirt with 800 yards. If you get that kind of total from him, that's going to, I think that's going to go a long way for Bryce young in this Carolina Panther offense. Yeah, I think so. Because when you look at it inside of that same report, they said from age 29 to 31, they described it as being the beginning of the end for most wide receivers and the probability of a player finishing as a wide receiver one or two declines heavily after age 30. And so when you look sure. at Adam Thielen and those stats, 28 years old, he hit that peak, 1,300 yards, 113 catches. After that, he gets injured the next season. But then I would say, and I'm I'm interested to hear your opinion about this, the next three seasons that came after that, I felt like our wide receiver two type of numbers, like if you have a second wide receiver that you can get 70 catches for 716 yards, I feel like that's feasible for a number two but I bring that up as well to say, Mingo, we know how much they've been praising him. TMJ, he's starting to show flashes and building on last season, getting those big yards per catch games. And so you look at when they talk about receivers are starting to fall off, could one of the young bucks replace one of those starting guys that will start the season more than likely? And Adam Thielen would probably be the best candidate for that just based off of age and how they say things go for receivers. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're asking, do I think Terrace Marshall jr. Can surpass one of those guys? Like if, yeah, I, I, I think he's got enough talent to where it's a, I don't know. It's worth seeing, 
I mean, we talked about Terrace Marshall like we should possibly cut him before coming into last season. That conversation then was ridiculous. Yeah, I know he got hurt. But people were after one year, it goes to show the impatience of a lot of people. And now you see what he did the second half. There's something worthwhile there, even after getting outside help in Thielen, in Shark, drafting Jonathan Mingo. And I want to go to an offensive set that you had two years ago with this Carolina Panthers team. Wes, if I asked you, do you think Carolina Panthers, their offense was elite in 2020 with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback? Would you say yes? No. Yeah, not elite, right? Nobody thinks that. But DJ Moore went for a close to 1,200 yards, seven yards shy of it. Robbie Anderson was four yards shy of 1,100 yards. Total amount of yards gained, Curtis Samuel reached 1,000. Mike Davis, Mike Davis reached 1,000, 640 yards rushing, and you also see him get 373 yards receiving. Four 1,000-yard guys. Wow. Nobody would call that offense dynamic. Nobody would call that offense elite. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater only threw for him trying to look for his numbers, 3,700 yards. Like, we can see Bryce Young get to 38, right? Mm -hmm. So at that point, okay, no, I don't think you're going to have three, four guys reach 1,000 yards total of offense. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think there's enough, even with a running identity, for Terrace Marshall Jr. to get an impressive amount of yards. Same thing with DJ. Same thing with Thielen. And I expect there to be... Kind of this conversation where we ask who is the number one target in the passing game, because I don't know who it is. You also have tight end production, which is going to be better than what you had in 2020. So that's what I'm fascinated with. Are we really going to have a defined role of, okay, yeah, Thielen is clearly the lead guy. DJ Chark is clearly the lead guy. I don't think we're going to have that feeling. I think it's going to be mixed. I think we're not going to really know who it is. Miles Sanders might gain the most amount of yards, especially if he's involved in the passing game. But Wes, I think it's wide open for somebody to step up and take that and take that title. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think when you look at this offense holistically, like you said, this is kind of the perfect type of offense for a rookie quarterback, being that they don't have a number one receiver or some type of superstar skill player that they have to service and make sure, okay, let me make sure he's getting the ball. Let me make sure I'm getting him his touches so that he can be happy. This is going to be an offense that's going to go simply put to the person who is open and whoever gets open the most is going to get the most catches and the most touchdowns and all of those things. So I think when you look at this offense, though, uh, as I said, I think Miles Sanders has a chance to be over 1,000 total yards. I think he's a guy that could put up a, a really good season rushing the football. Adam Thielen, I know I've talked about him being the de facto number one and him getting really solid numbers this He'll year. He'll be the starting number one, I think. Yeah, so I think that uh, they have the ability. I think I could see maybe three guys hitting that 1,000-yard mark, maybe two to three. I think we could we could see it in that range. Total? Yes. It's- because I think Miles, well, the, see, well Thielen, Miles is no. going to get it. I, but I already been on record saying I think Thielen gets a G. Well, I mean, you I can know change it if everything you want. goes. No, I think everything goes against what I'm saying as far as the, <laughs> the data. But I just think with him being the number one playing with Bryce Young, 17 games, I think he can get there. So that's two. Ooh, that means they'd have to double up with thousand yard receivers. I don't huh? think it's going to happen. My my my, <laughs> my point with bringing up what happened in 2020, it was really that you can still have spread out production and it'd be a good offense. Plus, I think a big thing here to note is that Hayden Hurst is not going to get 1,000 yards this No, he year. won't. But I think he'll have a really good season for a tight end. So if you want to go with 600 yards for Hurst, is that fair? I'm I'm thinking more than seven, 
it would be something he's range. never done before. Yeah. 800, if he gets 800, then he's going to, that's going to be a lot. I think he can do that because. Well, then we, now you're taking yardage away from, now you're taking a lot more from the other guys. Well, see, but we talked about how tight end friendly Frank Reich's offense is. And with a decent offensive line, I think Bryce Young could be looking there fairly often. But I think Hayden Hurts would definitely get his touches if he's able to stay healthy. And like we said, we're going to quit saying if they can stay healthy. I think Hayden yeah. Hurts can get seven to 800 yards. Yeah, I think when we've seen guys step up before in Frank Reich offenses, the biggest example of that is Eric Ebron, and he went for 750 the first time as a pro bowler. It really was in the red zone. They used him at 13 touchdowns for Eric Ebron. 800 would be a lot if Hayden Hurst does – if he is uh, an important part, I'll cap it at 600. But regardless, the tight end production is the biggest separator here. Mm -hmm. Because if you're starting to throw to your tight end more, then you're taking 100 away from the DJ player, 100 away from the Robbie Anderson player, and 100 away from the Curtis Samuel player, right? Something like that. And so I think there's enough to go around for guys to have productive years, but maybe not, oh, okay, clearly wide receiver number one type of season. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Kicking it to Shroppy. Do we want to shrop it like it's hot or do we want to go with the other intro, Shrop? You tell I'm, me. I'm going to drop it this time. All right. Drop a beat for us. What you got? So there are some exciting rumors going around for UNCC basketball. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there's rumors that Muggsy Bogues might be interested <laughs> in the head coaching position. How do you feel about that? Well... I also just tweeted out, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Walker Mail, I tweeted out something Nick Carboni and Hunter Bailey tweeted. And Nick said this, was told by a source that Muggsy Bogues interviewing for Charlotte 49er men's basketball job, or that the program is interested in hiring him for the position, is, quote, a completely false rumor. Uh -huh. Hunter Bailey said, can't confirm Muggsy Bogues is not happening. Well, I'm going to have to have a talk with uh, with Will Kunkel now. Cause yeah, yeah. You know, there was some of that reporting out there, and it's okay. Like, other people had been reporting that. I know Cameron Williams, who writes, I believe, for the Charlotte Observer, if I'm not mistaken, had also came out and said a source said, Muggsy could be interested. Like, Muggsy might be interested in taking over that job. I don't know if Mike, I mean, I, I don't know if Mike Hill was ever interested. I don't know if any big-time decision-maker with that athletic program was ever interested. But it looks like that's done and there's no more interest in Muggsy. What would you make if Muggsy was, took over the job? Yeah, though? I think that would be dope. I think it would bring a lot of buzz. Not trying to be punny again, but I just think <laughs> that it would be really cool to have a legendary player like that Does that would automatically uh, have recognition when he walked into people's homes. I, I love Muggsy as the player. Doesn't it feel a little unserious, though? Well, it's like, it's like Dion at Colorado. Uh, Dion can coach. Them. I mean, yeah, but... It's still, it's still kind of the same feel, though. And plus, we, I, I disagree with that. We, we did this with Mark Price. Uh -huh. Mark Price, at least, was on the coaching staff for the Hornets for a while. Yeah. And it didn't work out with Mark Price. I love Muggsy, man. I just, I'd rather have somebody with some it's wins just, and losses yeah, and more just, wins than losses. It's in college just so basketball. much unknown. We don't know what he can do. All right. Let's go to the last but segment. I'm here for it. On Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The 
McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Sorry for any Muggsy fans out there that wanted to see him become the head coach of the Charlotte 49er men's basketball team. It was a rumor that lived for about, I don't know, 24 hours, not even. But apparently that's not happening. Multiple reporters are telling you that's not going to happen. In fact, Copeland, a.k.a. Jokeland on the text line, he said, is there no truth to the rumor that Steph Curry will retire from the NBA this offseason to coach the 49ers? No. <laughs> it hasn't been debunked. Could you imagine that? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I haven't seen any report to the contrary. I'll tell you that. So maybe that could happen. Steph Curry retires and says, you know what? It's time to coach now. That would be would love to see it. Pure insanity. If he was coming to Charlotte and didn't suit up for the Hornets and instead coach the 49ers, I still think people would be a little frustrated. Like, yo, hold on, play a little bit longer. Do it in Charlotte, but play a little bit longer before you started coaching. I could live with that if he came in and do, do something for the city. Um, You know, with his relationship with Scoot Henderson, maybe he could have recruited Scoot to Charlotte. Maybe he could have, but he's got his AAU program, so he could be funneling in players to Charlotte and get that program back where it needs to be. Wes, I'm telling you, Already with my love of Scoot Henderson, if he wore the green and gold. Oh, God, I wouldn't even. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you. You just come in every day. You just come in every day with the full uniform. You'd have the peach color jersey of Scoot, Charlotte, and the shorts. I'd go crazy. I mean, I'd be, I'd set up camp at Halton Arena. I'd go back home. I'd set up a tent right outside. You just do the broadcast from the tent at Halton Arena. I'd be scratching my neck. You got any more of those scoot highlights? <laughs> I'll work for scoot highlights. Yeah. If you want me to, I promise I'll do it. We also were talking about some of the best concerts you attended. This is an old question, but people are still wanting to answer it. So I shall read those texts. 814 said, we went to the Lil Wayne concert at the Fillmore on 420. Okay. It was one of the dopest concerts I've been to. That thing was sold out immediately. Oh, yeah. he's. I mean, Wayne's a big dog, and especially on 420. I mean, what better day <laughs> to have it than that day? I wonder if I. Uh, it can't be, pl- I guess it's planned, but not because of the fact that it was 420. But Charlotte residents... Like, wait, 420? He's coming here? Oh, weed sales Sweet. were probably through the roof. Oh, I'm sure there was. And plus, you're not, I don't think you're supposed to be smoking at the Fillmore like that, yeah. but I'm sure there's just, security's like, I get Yeah, up. people use those pins now, too, though. Yeah, they do. I'm sure there was a lot. I'm sure there was a lot. And I'm sure <laughs> people were trying to be secretive about it with a whole haze right. throughout the concert. Like, you're not being secretive. You know, sure. that's just not happening. Um, Kitman Eric said Sean Kingston was a cool concert that he went to. I don't know what up. I don't know if I would admit that. Well, he also got into some trouble recently, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He's always in the mix for something. For such a kind of teeny bop rapper that he was, he would get into some stuff. Wait, I think he said earlier this year he came to Charlotte. I think I remember that. I think he made an appearance at Slingshot. He did. Oh, (laughs) Shroppy. I want Shroppy on the scene. This is what I want. I want a what's happening type of segment. Where Shroppy just tells us about all the hottest artists coming to the QC. And he tells us, you know, basically, it's like our party extraordinaire. 
Like, yo, it's the hottest event in town. Make sure you're out there on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, like that would a, be dope. Like a club promoter, Shroppy on I the like scene. <laughs> I like it. I would love to see it. I think you would the fit that bill quite well. station gets tickets all the time to all the shows. So we do. definitely would be able to go. Yeah, we do. We do have a lot of those. Uh, we can continue not to scroll. Our station. You said WFNZ or just the no, entire? I said not our station. Oh, yeah, right. We have a lot of people that can write in there. Look with the cat. And let in. us know. Uh, <laughs> Fiddy, did you want to hop on the mic? Is that why you came in? Yeah, let, let's no, go ahead and switch. Dad. Let's go ahead and switch gears here. Because he heard you giving Shroppy too much credit and starting to give him some love, so he said he had to know, come in here and let us right. know that he's still here. Here's the two things with Fiddy today. This last one was as soon as I try to create a segment for Shroppy, he comes rolling in. Mm-hmm. And the other one was I walk, I watched you walk by, uh, walk by the glass. I can't even talk. And you were wearing a polo. Yeah, you were wearing a collared shirt. Can you tell us why? Because you don't do this unless there is a nice event you have to attend. Well, first off, I wear uh, collared shirts all the time. You just don't pay attention to my wardrobe. No, you don't. You wear Mets, Tar Heels. I have I have polos of them. No, Cowboy. that's it. It's just those two. And he, and he wears Cowboy stuff during the NFL season. Man, you are going to throw a fit if you can't wear shorts <laughs> somewhere. Don't you try to get it twisted in here. Nah, truth be told, everything in my in my closet was dirty. And I didn't want to do laundry last night, so I just brought out the FNC polo. So it's a lazy move, not which is fine. I have those lazy moves as well. Yeah, I did want to come in, though, and ask Wes a question. Okay. Based off of your text this morning, uh-huh. do you hate the Three Kings group chat, or is that no, one okay? No, that's fine. It's only us three, and it doesn't go ham like that. Normally, we're talking shop, so that's pretty good. Or one of us is saying something funny, but it's only three of us. But when you have, I would say... Five or more, it can get a little hectic because, you know, people are going to respond, especially when you start getting up to eight to ten. Then everybody's going to respond and your phone just going to be bling because I'm a sound on guy. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a sound on. So I like to hear my alerts. So it's going to be bling, 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 bling. Is your girl OK with that? Does she, does she get annoyed by it? Uh, Well, like I said, if it's a group text, I just do hot alerts. Is it like immediate? Like if you get put in a group, the first thing you do is. Yep. I've done that to Smart a lot moves. of people. I just put me in group text. I'm like, take me out, please. So so for those real quickly, we'll mention the fact that Jeff sent us a group text. And by us, I mean, 13 people in the group chat. (laughs) Wow. And so there were 13 people in there. And I think he sent us a tweet from Nikola Jokic, some comment that he had, whatever. Actually, the tweet wouldn't pop up on my end. But a couple of response come in, not many, just like two. (laughs) And Wes, I think the intentionality of it is what made me laugh. Because you could have just muted it, right? Like you you just mute, done, be done with it. But what you did was you decided to come in and say, I hate group chats. It was a statement of fact. It was like Dwight on The Office deciding to wish somebody happy birthday, except it is your birthday. Statement of fact, I hate group chats. Wasn't a temper tantrum or anything like that. You just wanted Jeff to know. When I saw the amount of people in it and he sent that my eyes immediately got big i said oh god this is gonna be you need to let him know this was west man he's he saw that group chat bruh that was west <laughs> yeah i was like oh god this <laughs> is gonna be bad <laughs> so, and then he talked about it to lead off his show he from did. 10 to 12 enjoyed it. It, was, Sports it was good banter I, and, and i got called a kiss butt did you really he called yeah why is that? Because What'd you, you do. Because I replied, polo. beautiful perspective to the text. You did. He did and he was like, you know, he doesn't have to be kissing my butt. Oh, uh, I love it that Fitty tries to do the right thing and he still gets can't, an insult. I can't do nothing right around here. It was out of character. 
<laughs> it is. It's true. Right. Describing something as beautiful, it was weird. You notice his calm demeanor that he walked in with, too? Yeah, he just decided like, to... What's going on with my man? This is my can mic. I, can I also say, like, I know every story that I tell these days starts with me mowing the yard in the morning. Because, uh-huh. I mean, the record always... But I was mowing the front yard... And Siri's reading me all of these texts as they're coming in, right? And I'm like, okay, it's another one, it's another one, it's another one. And then I hear Wes Bryant says, I hate group texts. And I stopped mowing and I was like, oh, I don't know that he meant to send that to all of us. No, I did. Yeah, just decided to roll. Don't you hate that too when you're listening to a song and then you have group chat just disrupt the flow of the song? I I was actually listening to Mac and Bone, but like it was stopping every 20, every like 10 seconds. And again, I heard Wes Wes Bryant says. Yeah. All right, we'll get more Wes stands up to the boss stories Uh, as the week goes on at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Fitty. Again, Sports Radio 92.7 FM.